Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork. I'm Dylan. And I'm Sean. And each week we're bringing stories and tips from around the globe as we dive into our journey abroad. Outlining what it takes to follow our dream and hopefully yours, even if it's not soccer. So, Sean, wie geht's? Ketal. What's up, bro? Nothing much. Enjoying the beautiful weather here. Today it's like 90 degrees here in Hamburg, which is mm-hmm. it's rare, but it's nice week of weather. Sun's out. Wait, question for you. Is there a yes. rule with, with Fahrenheit to Celsius? Is there a is there a conversion rule? Yeah. Or are we uh, all just switching it on? No, no. Out? It's uh I know this. It's it's nine, it's nine fifths. So almost okay. times two plus thirty-two. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, not doing that in my head because I, no. I know like zero degrees is thirty-three because that's freezing. Thirty-two. And then so you're off 30, already. Yeah. <laughs> thirty-three, no? For 32. freezing in Fahrenheit? All right. Well, anyway, this is this is a this is a podcast about soccer and not about. (laughs) All right, back to it. Sorry to interrupt you. Just it Uh, came to my mind. Yes. So in Celsius, when it's over thirty degrees, it's hot. That's all you need to. Hot as hell. Hot as hell. It's kind of especially when you're used to like cold weather here. Right. The conversions kind of become like that, right? Like over twenties, around seventy, it's like nice weather in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. In the low teens, it's cold. Over thirty, it's hot. And that's yeah. like everything else you don't really need to know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my phone is still I Fahrenheit. Same, but I understand the feeling when I and when I see like right. you know on the train or something it says like twenty or whatever. I know what it is. Hmm. Not to like, not accurate because I don't even know what the you know the temperature water freezes. Yeah, but what's at, one but degree? I, yeah, exactly. What's you can't one tell degree? the difference. I guess life and death. <laughs> so what yeah, are you nothing. doing, man? So where are you at? Still training with my new team, Phoenix Lubeck, uh, just mm-hmm. in, in preseason training. Now they're really ramping up uh, for the cup, which I cannot play in since I'm not technically on the team until July 1st. So, yeah, they play next uh, or when this comes out on Monday, they play a few days after that in the semifinals. Cool. Very nice. And, yeah. One game after that and then into the DFB and you yourself. What about you? Yeah, so we had our actually against your old team, like we said in the in the update. Um, I believe it was the update. Yeah, so first game since fucking October, because we we ended November first, right? Mm-hmm. So first, this is like the first competitive game. It, it was a test spiel, so it was a friendly, a scrimmage for our Americans. Um, so it was the first time being out there for real and like a real game. Uh, got the start, played about eighty minutes. Um, was really feeling it at the end just in terms of muscle stiffness and I was just you know pretty gassed it's it's one thing training right and then it's another thing playing on a field we train on an artificial a good artificial or decent enough and then we play on a really nice grass so I mean it's just completely different when you're digging in and you know you're really playing really chasing back and making those recovery runs Um, weird game three three uh, you could tell there was just, you know, got to shake off some cobwebs, but we have two more friendlies coming up and then we have the big, like Hamburg cup. I don't know what they're calling it, but it's a one-off game between two of the, the, the teams in our league in the fourth tier and winner gets to go play in the DFB. 
where I played Leverkusen last year. So it's a huge game, not only for the clubs, but for the players, you know, the clubs make money, players make money, and then we get an opportunity and, you know, you never know. Leverkusen's a tough team to play. I think, I think, although a regional league team beat them last year, Essen, I believe beat them. I but don't remember. They're, but yeah, it happens every they're year. South, they're a little bit better. Yeah, right. It happens every year, but you, you know, in terms of competitive wise, you kind of want a second or a third tier. In terms of experience and like how cool it is, you, you want, want a first tier, you know, <laughs> you want yeah. Bayern, yeah. But imagine playing against a, you know, yeah. But you know, what? I mean, even the, they're playing the second team, right? But Doctor Sanazo, they're in our our regional league in Nord, and they lost Bayern two one, or two nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was again. That was the best eleven from Bayern as well. That Robin Robin was there at the time, and yeah. Ribery. Yeah. So that was at Druckersen, though, right? Yes. Yes. So it adds a little bit. I mean, like, sure. It, it's not an excuse. We would have got smacked up anyway. We weren't there. We weren't ready to play Leverkusen. But um, if we played them on our field, it's much different. It's much harder for them. Sure. Sure. Definitely. So, which would Definitely. be sick. Hopefully. Yeah, I think um, yeah. fans are allowed. I'm not sure how many. Maybe a thousand. Maybe two thousand. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Just trying to grind out, trying to get a start and we'll see. We'll see, man. It's exciting yeah. though. It's good to be back in the, the swing of it. Like, you know, training four or five times a week, like yourself, um, you know, a few, it's nice. A few of the guys and myself included, were some of the first ones to be there. Some of the last ones to leave because, you know, we're either in the gym beforehand, you know, just doing a little weight training. And then afterwards, I'm in the sauna or the ice bath or both. Been doing that a lot. Showed Sean my recovery um, today. I mean, this past week is just I've been in the green on the whoop strap. Just have you been doing ice bath down. and sauna together? I have. I, so I've done that twice. I don't do it every time, but I have done it twice. Hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, my body feels pretty good the next day. And my recovery numbers have been really, really good. And, you know, after the game that Monday we had training again and mm-hmm. I mean, I was pretty dead tried my, you know, but I, I think that's going to come after games that you haven't played for, for so damn long. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Right. Well, yeah, it's been nice, man. It's been nice getting back into it. And, you know, you never know with these things, these games and, you know, you never know who's watching and you never know who could be in the stands taking notes and, it's just it's a common theme. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Which which is a nice segue. Well done, Dylan. Right I tried, into I tried, I right tried. into one of we're Little kind of force, covering hey. two topics here today, and the first one is walking advertising. I mean, they go hand in hand. But uh, Dylan and I have kind of spoken about this together. I think off air. Um, I gave a teaser too, though, in the yeah, in the update. Right. When whenever you. So the, the, the gist of it is whenever you perform well, whether that's on the field or in a job or wherever it is, is like you want to take advantage of that, that moment as much as possible, right? Evan like said really- it really well. You're always leveraging when you're on top and when you're, I mean, like he said it, he phrased it as if you sign for a good club, leverage right. that immediately. Correct. Um, I think anytime you're on top, whether it's after a good performance or anything, you want to leverage that. Exactly. So one, I mean, the quickest, easiest example is like you play a game and you perform well, you, you're, you perform really well, like as, as good as you could have in, in your mind and your team loses one nothing. Now, instead of being upset 
and pissed off that you lost and you just run away into the locker room after the game don't talk to anyone like granted you lost yes but like embrace the moment and talk yeah. to the people on the other team shake hands with the coach on the other team you know stay out there and kind of you're now advertising yourself as like okay mm -hmm. wow this kid was a good player and now look at him here he knows these players or he's friends with the players maybe there's a connection there and who knows they might turn around and say hey we're looking for this position oh that's it. i remember dylan played really well against us like oh now i want to sign him and it happens all the time yeah and it happens more often than not the players are the ones who kind of get you those opportunities yeah um, the players have a lot of power and especially in our leagues you know like i'm sure they do at the, at the top too you always yeah. see like these little posts like someone's being an agent like you know, Agent Pogba or something. They're trying right. to get someone because they're friends with him. Right. And they can relate to the coach if you're a good guy. A lot right. of the times you go on trial, they're not only looking at, okay, how does he play? Does he fit in playing style? Is he scoring? You know, is he fit? But they're also looking at how does he gel with the team? Do the players yeah. like him? Do the players right. want to play with him? Is he a good locker room guy? So, I mean, all these things add up. And Sean mentioned, like, yeah, you may lose and we're all competitors and, you know, we're all can be sore losers. And, you know, you can look at it as that one game is everything or you can look at it as, you know, the whole thing is a game and you're trying to make it to the best team. This is all part of the game. It's all part of the process. So stay out there, shake hands. Yeah, just don't pout, you know. Yeah, it's a tough it's always tough to lose, but you never know what could come next. So yeah. it's it's always important. And. You know, like I said this before, you never, you really never know when an opportunity is going to arise. And Sean, we can dive into it a little deeper here is how you got your contract is, I mean, in terms of how hard we've worked to get contracts, it's kind of minuscule in terms of like, you know, like you didn't really do so much to earn their interest or sure. earn their I mean, you did, obviously, all those hours. But I'm just saying from this one game, you wouldn't yeah. think like, you know, we've been on week, two-week month trials. So in, right. in terms of that, it just doesn't really. Yeah, and I mean, now that you say that, that too, that. it's not even the first team that this has happened. And I'll, I'll first talk about this. So the team I'm on now, my old team, the team that Dylan just played in the friendly, uh, I we played them. It was my first game with my old team against Phoenix Lubeck. And we played them in like a tournament. So 60-minute games, I think they were. Um and played right back the first 30 minutes, center back the second 15 minutes, then came off the field. Um, and from this game, for whatever reason, piqued their interest, and they've been interested ever since. I'm sure they've watched me in a few games since then, uh, whether they're friendly matches or, or point, point games, season games. Um, but whatever it is, I mean, I've never spoken to them directly about it, but they've been interested ever since that game. Um, and yeah, so you never know, number one, who's watching and what someone sees. That's number one. Yeah. And then number two, at Mayendorf, so old Oberliga team where Dylan played with me, that also well, was, was brought pizza that, money. That also was brought about through a player. So they saw me play, of course, and when, when I played against them in the Oberliga, I had a good game. We, we beat them pretty handily with Condor. But then what happened was what I found out later on is that a player was going to Meindorf, was changing the following season. The coach at Meindorf mm -hmm. asked him, hey, who's like, who's like, who's the best player on Condor? Who has the biggest impact? And he says, Sean. He says, okay, we want to talk to him. And that was it. 
there's no there's no trial or anything i mean in that league it's kind of like that that you don't really trial it's more like they see you yeah. playing a game and you play well then that's yeah, it because everyone's everyone's been on teams so right but i think but at the same time i think it's the same way in this league we're just slowly getting established in the league like we're yeah. not yeah. we're not we're not quite there yet i mean maybe we're getting close to that point where it's like oh he's played here and here like you need, you need more trials how many starts, starts you, more, you have in this how many do you games? have in this league only only four because I played Four three before COVID and then one seven or eight. So yeah. Right. So it's not yeah, a lot. exactly. But after no. the season, then then it will be at the point where it's like if you wanted to change teams or move to a new club, they have everything they need. They've seen everything they need to see. They might bring yeah. you in for a trial, like you said, just to see if you get along with the team and the team likes you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But in terms of like in terms of how you can play or not, they've seen everything they need to. Um, yeah, for so the yeah. most part. So you never know one who who's watching whether that's outside of your team and then two every day in training or how you carry yourself in training, how you get along with the guys that, that goes a long way. And then in addition to this point on advertising yourself, this is another point that we wanted to talk about. Um, it's like, we, we always talk about, you have to network and build and build relationships with the team. And that's how you can become a better leader and, and you can win games when you have close relationships with your teammates. But at the same time, Right now, we're training five to six days a week, whether that's games or training. Let's say three hours more or less for each of those. So that's 15 to 18 hours a week you're spending with these people. Now, you're not building relationships and, and networking with them just so they can help you out in the future. Or maybe you're going to need to ask a favor. But like, this is, this is our life. Yeah. This could go for anything. This could be in the workplace as well, for another sport, and in and, and just the workforce. It's the same thing. You're spending so much time with these people. Do you want to go to work or go to your team to training and you're just there to get to the next place? So you don't really care about having fun or, or talking to your teammates, asking them what they did, whatever, how their day was. Or do you want to, it's like, it becomes a, a new, a new family, so to speak. Yeah. And you can really enjoy like, oh, I can't wait to go to training today to just, yeah, mess around, talk, be intense, but at the same time, have fun. Or you can go to training and be like, man, I hate these guys. Like, they're just annoying. I, I just want I can't wait for the next place. And it's like, you're just wasting a year of your life instead of just enjoying where you are. And you're networking because then your quality of life is better. Not just for what yeah. they're going to help you in the future, but like you genuinely want to enjoy wherever you are in the moment. Completely agree. I mean, coming back to, I've said this so long ago in one of the episodes was like, I, I chose this route because I didn't want to be miserable. You know, yeah. I kick a ball around and to 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 go into it with that mindset where like, I just want to get this training, then I want to go home is like, I think maybe I did it a little bit at first, like in my first contract, maybe in Australia and stuff, and I didn't quite settle in. And thus, I just wasn't I wasn't so happy with it. You know, it was kind mm -hmm. of like, when's the next one? Like I was waiting for the season to end. And it's it's quite crazy where, you know, if you're playing games and people on the outside looking in who are trying to get contracts, like compared to their situation, you're playing, you're playing every day, you're training. Like it's Joe Funicello said it a few times too. in in some of his combines is like, when you go, when you play abroad and you go to these cities and these countries and you get these new contracts, you know, you have to have the mindset where you're picking up and you're moving. You're there. This is your home now. Like this isn't one just big, summer camp and you know you can't wait for it to be over and go back home like i'm here all my attention is here 
yes, I talk to friends and family and yeah, you know, I miss out on things and I wish I could be home at sometimes, but I'm a hundred percent here. And that makes it more enjoyable. That makes me more in the present. That makes me, you know, appreciate my teammates and the things that I'm getting with this contract and, you know, the facilities and everything. It just makes you more into it. And then I think you're, like you said, you're happier. And when you're happier, you play better, you know, look good, feel good, play good. Sure. For sure. And that's a true thing. And then you're a hundred percent there in the moment and enjoying the experience. And then that leads right into committing a hundred percent to whatever you're doing. Yeah. Everybody knows, everyone has a friend or knows someone. I mean, it's definitely, everyone knows the person that says, Oh, I, I could have did it if I tried, you know, goes, goes back to, goes, goes back to like high school, middle school. Oh, I got an 80, but if I tried, I could have got a hundred. I could have got a 90. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. I could have got on that team if I tried, but like, I didn't really try, you know? And it's like, that is just a losing mentality. Like, I don't think you want to have excuses built in to something before you even start. Before you even start. Right. Because then you're always a little hesitant. You're always putting one foot in instead of two feet in, instead of diving in. Right. You know, you're always kind of like, well, if this doesn't work out, like, I don't know if it's a fragility thing in your mind where it's, it's like a self-conscious thing and it's hard for you to, for people to commit a hundred percent or maybe it's failure. Maybe it's just this fear of failure where, you know, if I say I didn't, or if I don't give a hundred percent and I say like, I put up the safety net, like I never truly fail. And thus it's never really a reflection of me. It's more a reflection of the event or the yes. environment. Right. Because, because those people are they're they're lacking 20% in whatever it is. And they're just giving the 80% that they're good at. And then when it, when it get things get tough, when the situation gets hot, they just back off instead of mm-hmm. leaning into it and, let's keep going. If I, if it doesn't, if the result doesn't come, which I thought would come from this, it's not necessarily a failure, but it's just a learning experience. And then I can figure out, learn from it and go on to the next one. Where I think we need to normalize failure. Right. But it's not even like the word failure is the wrong word. No. Well, I think it has that connotation. That's where it stems from. Right. It's like, it's not, it's not a failure. Like, what if what a failure is, is you're not trying, you're not committing 100% to something. And then the end result doesn't happen. And that that is the failure. The failure is not yeah. that you didn't get the end result. The failure is that you didn't commit 100% to it. And you didn't give everything mm-hmm. you had. That's mm-hmm. that's where the failure is. And it's changing the mindset from the end result to the process of getting there and committing 100%. Because when you do commit 100%, you figure out number one, if you like what you're doing or not. That's, that's the most important part. It's like, okay, I yeah. really like putting in this work and I really like what I'm doing. I know this is right. If not, oh, actually, I don't really like this. Now that I've committed 100%, I see things that I never saw before. Not a fan of it. And then you go on to the next thing. But also committing 100%, you realize how much more you can do and, and how many things you see that you never saw before because you weren't 100% in on it. You were just dipping your toe in the pool. You never jumped in. So you have no idea what's in the water because you... You've never, you've never gone that far. You always back up. Oh, the pool, the water's cold. I'm not going in. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. it becomes that, that then becomes the mindset into everything you do. You're, it becomes, you're afraid to commit to something because you, it's like the unknown. And exactly. I might do this 
and then it might hurt a little bit or it might do this. Rejection is rejection is tough because if someone, if you go on a trial or a combine and someone tells you, no, I don't think you're good enough. You know, it's very easy to take that personally. And then, you know, that becomes a reflection of how you see yourself. And then maybe it shuts down your dream or something, or it's like, you know, a lot of people say, I, you know, I, I never made it because of this, this, and this, and it's tough for them to say, I never made it because, you know, I didn't give it a hundred percent. Right. And it's the failures, like you said, like that word has be is has such a negative stigma attached to it. Like failure, like you're a failure. I think a failure, like you said, is, is, is someone who, who just gives 60%, 40%. To me, right. a failure can never be if you give 100% of yourself and you know, you get a rejection. That's just like, that's not a failure to me. That's just yeah. like one, def- that's just like one defeat, you know, right. of many games. Right. I feel like we right. need to come up with a different word than failure. Yeah. I'm a, I got some synonyms right here. Tell me, tell me what you, tell me what you like here. So failure as a noun, we can, I mean, defeat. It's, like it's a not hurdle. bad because it's, it's like a hurdle. Yeah. A frustration. Um, oh, what is this? A cock up. Interesting. Cock up, a plural noun, something done bad or inefficiently. See, I still don't, I don't think it's done bad if you give 100%. Yeah. Hmm. A dead duck. Okay. Let's see what this one is. A person or thing that is defunct or has no chance of success. Don't like that one either. Certainly it's, not. All these are so negative. I get it because failure right. is, is not success. It's the, it's the anthem of success, but all right. What's, um, yeah, like catastrophe, debacle, fiasco, flop, botch. These are all so bad. Okay, hash. A dish cooked of meat <laughs> cut into small pieces and cooked again. See, this is better. This is yeah. much better. Makes total sense. I mean, either way, it's more of a hurdle. It's more of a, a defeat. It's, it's just simply, it's losing what, a battle. What it's exactly, it's losing a battle or the end result didn't didn't come to you as as you as you wish it did in the moment yeah but it turns out a lot of these things with the right mindset turns out it to be a great thing like for example if you if you signed for my old team you would have never played against leverkusen and you probably wouldn't be in the exact same position you are in now on a better team and at the time that seems like the end of the world like oh mm-hmm. man this really sucks like third team in a row that said no you know, transfer window is closing soon. Not sure what I'm going to do. Then all of a sudden, wow, hold on. This is so much better than it would have been. And I think many people would have a tendency after getting denied after what was that three weeks, four weeks, just like taking a hit on their confidence. And the next day going to a trial for a better team, you know, who's like winning right before like has all of these games they're winning they're they're in the dfb like final book final and yeah i think it would have been not easy but it would have been like comfortable to just be like yeah well i couldn't make this team let me settle you know but i don't know what it was i can't think about my mind state that that i mean like going into that trial but i just knew i didn't have time I just knew the window was closing. I didn't have time to doubt myself. It was just like, 
all right, I dove into that pool. They told me to get out. Now I got to dive into this pool. Like right. it was, is I tried to simplify it as much as possible and yeah. not overthink it. Like, oh, maybe I'm not, I'm just not good enough for this league. You know, maybe I'm just, you know, not the player this, like this country is looking for, you know, maybe my talents are just, you know, not seen on this. And, you know, it could have been easy. It's like, all right, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I should just try something else. Yeah. But, I never thought in that terms of extreme. No. It was just like, okay, that was one, and this is the next one. And there was two before the, you know, trial with your team, and it was kind of just the same thing. Yeah. It was tougher because I played for teams, and then not that Haida was the worst, but Hi statistically speaking, Haida was, you know, lower than some of the teams that yeah. I trialed for. So to go from that and then still have the confidence to try out for a better team, after being told no is a tough thing, but I mean, it's just part of that, like normalizing failure when you're giving 100% to the process. Right. That's when I think normalizing failure is fine. Like right. I gave hundred percent and I failed. Okay. That's fine. I give hundred percent to the next thing. Yeah. And also like with, with our experience up until this point, it's like, it's not always, you, they don't always take you or say no to you because you're not a good enough player, but they might have players in their position where they're going to play and they don't feel that you're going to bring anything to the team. Mm -hmm. They, the way the team plays, maybe you just don't fit into the system. Like I would say at, at the, our team in Oberliga in the, a league below, like you weren't really a standout player in a lot of those games because where you were no, playing like and how the games. team, how the team was playing was not suiting for you. So a fan looking at the game from the outside is just going to take the game for what it is. Doesn't seem like a special player, but it's because you're not in the right environment. The environment is not, it doesn't suit where you play best and how the team's playing. So sometimes it's, it's just, you need to change the environment. And then with that, you could have made excuses. Like there was many reasons why they should have taken you. And I still, they yeah. should have taken you. Like there was no reason they shouldn't have, but the sooner everyone can realize that no one cares about your excuses. Like no, no one cares about anyone's excuses. Like that's the truth of it. And mm -hmm. it's like the excuses don't matter. Like you could think of it in an extreme example while I was eating breakfast today. I was thinking about it. It's like, oh. imagine, imagine your job is to bring home food for the family or for the tribe, whatever it is. And you come back and you don't have food. It doesn't matter what you say they don't care right like everyone is now starving because you didn't bring back what you said you were going to bring back you didn't bring back anything you could say anything you want but is that going to make the food appear on the table is that going to bring food to everyone no so it's like that's an extreme example but it's the same idea nobody cares You're bringing it back to hunter gatherer time yeah no nobody cares literally no one cares about your excuses and the no, sooner and you can get over making the excuses because you realize that no one cares including yourself if the, the excuses for you is just a pit of losing and like exactly take the situation for what it is and move on to the next one and get a win as soon as possible. And that's it. There, there's no excuses. Just take for, take it for what it is. Figure out a few things you could do better. Understand that sometimes it's just out of your control. You couldn't have done anything to get signed for the team. You couldn't have done anything to get the job and look for the next opportunity because maybe the next one or most likely the next one's going to be even better. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, especially in our position, if you're a foreigner 
playing in a, in a in another country or or someone who's grinding and listens to this podcast and is trying to make it in another country they do not care about your excuses as a foreigner especially because it doesn't matter to them like yeah you can talk to them and and communicate these things but like you know at the end of the day we live in a profession and most people live in a profession where performance is most everything it's everything really right so if you're not playing well, you know, they might give you the benefit of the doubt. Oh, he's, you know, he's injured or whatever. And there's, there are, you know, extreme cases where the excuse is if you're injured, you know, you're not going to play to your best. But if you're homesick or if you have, you know, some things going on in your personal life, those excuses don't matter. Yeah. And it is an unfortunate, and it, it is an unfortunate thing because to relate it to, you know, our friends who aren't footy players in business, you're working at a new place, especially. You know, you're a new worker at a new firm. They're not going to care about your excuses why you didn't get work done because you're new. You're expected to, to come in and to, you know, perform. That's why you're hired. Right. This is why, you know, you're taking someone else's spot. Yeah. And yeah, I do think, you know, teams or companies can be more empathetic, but the, the, the sad reality of it is, is that they don't care. No one cares about your excuses. Yeah. But but even even with that, like even the the excuse or whatever you could say is like you go to a new team and like, oh, he needs he just has to get comfortable in the new cities. He's, he's moving his home. You know, he's got to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Give him a mm-hmm. few months. Like to me, that's garbage. Like y- you have to when you go into the team, <laughs> why why are you uncomfortable? Like you're playing the same game you've always done. You've always you've always played. It's new players. But like go in with confidence and just do what you've always done. Like maybe they play well, slightly different, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've never, I, I've never I agree had with you and I disagree with you. And yeah, to a team that extreme level, like it's never. I agree and course. I disagree with you though, because if mm-hmm. you're t- if you're taking your first contract in Germany and you know they're speaking German on the field and okay, sure, sure, you know you're used to a certain style of play sure. and you're used to like, you know, or just a certain speed and you need like a little bit. A like you're curve. a good player. Like us in college, you know, it's, it's every step has been faster. So every step that we've taken, the speed of play and the speed of decision-making is faster. And if you have the qualities of a good player, you can adjust to these things each time. But where I agree with you is it shouldn't take months because teams don't have months. You know, if they're paying you and you're taking a foreigner spot and they're helping you with a visa, regardless, whatever it is, you don't have months. You have weeks or a month. So it comes back to 100% I'm here and I'm living here and I'm home and I don't have one foot in and one foot out. I don't have one foot back in New York and one foot in Germany. When I'm here, I'm two-footed in Germany. You know, I'm Marcus Rojo in Germany. And I'm, yeah, it took a little bit to adjust to every level. It took a little bit to adjust to the Oberliga. It took a little Mm -hmm. bit to adjust to the Regional Liga. And that's part of the process. So I agree with you, but I disagree in terms of like first training or second training. You know, but it's fair. It's, it's fair. Tough I don't though, know because if, if you go on that. trial, you have to, you have to look like I'm settled and I don't need that. Right. Maybe you do for the games, but like, I don't know. There's many, I mean, you fake it till you make it really. Yeah. 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 I think I have a question. I have a yes. question for you though, because you know, you've, you have a very, you're a strong world person. And I think you've had these for, for, for many years, this, this mentality, do you ever feel like there was something that you didn't 
hundred percent commit to because this is how it's, I mean, it's easy to feel this way because mm-hmm. we've all had friends or teammates or, you know, family who we hear this from, you know, like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't get it because, you know, I didn't want it or I didn't try, mm-hmm. you know, or you beat someone. Oh, I didn't try. Like, that's why you won. Or like, you're a try hard. That's why you won. I, yeah. You know, I'm just chilling. So like, has there ever been a time in your life where you feel like because you didn't hundred percent commit, you didn't fully exacerbate the situation and get, you know, the most benefits from it. it might be the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> now I, I would say no, because this has been, this has been how I've like, I mean, from the time I can remember, like, probably 15 or 16 is when it was really like, this is just how you have to be is like Mm -hmm. that, that is the feeling that I'm forever, forever making sure I never feel. It's like, I don't feel ready because I didn't do enough. Okay. Like that, that's kind of where it stems from the whole, the whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. even, Mm -hmm. even uh, I mean, granted, okay. In college, like classes, there are some classes that I just didn't care about. Didn't try. And I didn't get the best, the best grade at the end of the semester, but to me, like, Mm -hmm. didn't enjoy it, didn't like it, didn't care about the class. And yeah, I think, I think that was my mindset in college where it was like, there's classes that matter and I need to learn this. And there's classes that this is ridiculous. I don't know why I'm learning this. I'll, I'll skate by with a B plus. And for me, that's fine. I'm sure that's, that's maybe one thing is like, I definitely could have committed more to like, some of those classes but student teaching like back to what I always do is like I need to be prepared to take over a class full-time in four weeks after this middle school placement so instead of just waiting in the middle school I told the teacher like let me just throw me to the wolves like let me just take over if I mess up like you're in the back of the class you could you could tune in but like let me do this because I need to commit 100% to this that in four weeks with 15 year olds one grade above ninth graders like, if I'm not ready, they're going to eat me alive. But it's like, let me just figure this out now and let me fail, so to speak, make a few mistakes here. But I have a bit of a safety net with you in the back of the classroom, which mm-hmm. turned out after one day, two days, it, it wasn't even necessary. Didn't need, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I knew that even though I did not want to do it, I knew it was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't feel like I was ready to do it. Like, if you do something or commit 100% to something, you learn so much faster. Like there, there's, there's no replacement for that. Like you have to yeah. do it, mm-hmm. whatever it mm-hmm. is, like as much mm-hmm. as you don't want to, like for me, the four years of schooling and everything I've learned and all the other placement things that we would do leading up to that has brought me to this point. And it's like, I'm going to do this. And I was fortunate enough to get this opportunity. There was 30 other people that could have gotten this. I was chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I need to not only do it, but do it well, because now the name of the school is on my back. Yeah. Like it's, this is bigger than me. So it's like, let me just take over day one. I watched one period. I was like, next period is like, let me just go. They're going to have a thousand questions. Who are you? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, if you just do it, they like they're, they're, what are they? 12 or 13 years old. They also realize that and respect it. You know, it's like, if you bring a confidence to whatever you're doing, people have like, an ability to respect it or understand what what you're or they don't understand but you're still learning from it exactly exactly and you understand that there's going to be those people that don't understand 
yeah. and mm-hmm. they don't care. And it's like, once again, no one cares about your excuses. They don't care that I've never done this, right? Some of them yeah. Okay, yeah. don't care about school at all. Some of them do. And if I'm doing a poor job teaching them, they care. They're, they're going to be mad that like, hey, this teacher sucks. Like, I want to learn algebra, whatever it is. And if I'm not doing my job, no one, they don't care about that. They just want to, they just want to do or learn whatever. And if I suck at the job, they don't care. And it comes back to no one cares about your excuses. Even if it's a stinky 12 year old that doesn't wear deodorant. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough age. I mean, just to even specify this, just to drive this point home, I guess would be, you know, when you, when you do and you commit 100%, when you fail, you are going to learn why this, 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 and this didn't happen why something went a certain way. But if you don't commit 100%, then you are left thinking, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Just the next time I will, you know, try harder. And then you're always a step back if you never actually put in 100%. If you just sat back in, at the end of the class and you just said, oh, I know it, like I'm, I learned it. You know, when you did it that first day and if you were being critiqued or judged and, you know, a job depended on this, you're not ready when you could have yeah. failed a little earlier when it was more appropriate and then you were ready and then you learned, okay, I had to do this, 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 and this instead of in the classroom, you're like, okay, you know, I can do this if I just do this without ever trying, you know, you can't, yeah. you, you have to learn by doing most yeah. of the time you have to learn by doing in these, in these circumstances. Yeah. There's a quote. I'm going to try and look it up quick, but Yes. Uh, Thomas Edison, fail fast, fail often. And I think it's like you in any situation, like figure out a way to push yourself where you're going to fail as soon as possible. Because then whatever, whatever that failure was, like he, you know, 9,000 times where he successfully invented the light bulb was, was his thing. It's like, you're just mm-hmm. one step closer to the finished product or the product that's, that's, par for whatever you're doing and that you can do it well the best the best version of it and for me in that situation it was just like all right throw me to the wolves let me do this like Mm -hmm. i'm i i've prepared all i can i know this math it's very easy i don't really know the lesson but i'll just go on the fly i'll figure it out Mm -hmm. you're here as well and Mm -hmm. let's just do it because then what happens Mm -hmm. two days later i'm so comfortable that the the students are comfortable with me and i'm comfortable with them it's a piece of cake but if I didn't do anything, I would have been in the same situation I was the first day. Like, oh, I don't know these, these, these kids. Like, it's frightening. 25 little kids staring at you like you're in charge. What, what are you going to do? And it's like, if just I don't I know I'm nervous or I'm, I'm fearful, whatever it is, whatever emotions you have, just commit to it because there's no backing away. It's like I'm here. And no matter what happens, I have to at the end at the, at the end of four weeks, I will be in charge of a hundred students. And it's like, we could go about this however way you want. But for me, the best way for me to be prepared for that is like, let me just do it right away. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. just like, keep giving me pointers as we go. And like, I think that it worked out well. And that's it's worked out with everything else. It's like, Mm -hmm. just commit 100%. And you'll figure out you'll fail, but then just learn from it quickly, and move on to the next thing, just keep improving Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And the last thing I'll say in this is, I think it's so much easier to get over a failure if you have if you put 100% in it because your regrets are at a minimum. Like yeah. you don't regret it as much. And you may not think about it, but it, I you know, you may not look at it this way if you're only sticking in one foot in, 
but I think it's a constant regret that sticks with you. And then it's, I think it could be, you know, self-depreciating where it's just kind of, it harms you in a bit where if you are constantly doing this, constantly thinking in this way, you know, you're always going to have those regrets and you may not look at it like that. You may look at it. Oh, I didn't try, but in your head, like you may say that, but in your head, you're thinking, you know, like I regret it because I could be there. I could be here instead of where I am. So for me, you're not a loser. If you, if you, if you fail, you're a loser if if you don't try on the opposite end of that. I think this way, this mindset and this way of doing things, it breeds confidence. That, that's why I'm so confident. You can give me anything and I can promise in, in time, I will be very good at it, whatever it is, because it's like, I've done a thousand things before and it's all, it's always happened. So why would the next thing that comes into my lap, why is that not going to be the same thing? I'm not going to be great at it right away. Sure. But I'm going to mm-hmm. learn very quickly and get very good at it very quickly. Yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. it is. And it's like, this is, that's, anything that comes my way this is how i feel about it and it's because this has been the mindset and how i look at things i don't look at it as, as oh i don't know this like i don't really want to do this because i'm it's going to embarrass me my ego is going to be hurt like sure i don't know it but in a week from now i'm going to be much better at it than i am right now and then in two weeks from now i'm going to be very good at it and then three weeks from now i'm going to mm-hmm. be better at it than you and it's like having this mindset is anything that comes comes my way is this, this is how i think yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's the difference. Like that, having that attitude towards things. Who really cares, you know, if you fail, like no one cares about your excuses and no one cares about your failures. Like they're just, exactly. they're just there and you just need to get over it and just, just commit yourself to something. Yeah. Just two foot dive in and whatever happens from there, you reassess, you re-engage and you go again, right? Jocko. Right. You know, what's funny now that you think about that. <laughs> So I can well, think of something that that uh, that I didn't commit 100% to, and it's just funny uh, how okay. things work out. So uh, sixth grade, sixth grade, I remember this. I had a math teacher. I'm not going to, in sixth grade, we like changed, we were still in elementary school, but we changed classes. So you only went to one teacher for a certain subject. The you math didn't have middle t- school in sixth grade? No, we, we had K through six. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, math speaker's weird because there's just a lot of kids. Um mm-hmm didn't really get along with this math teacher for whatever reason. Um, and one quarter I got a D in math class and like, I was really upset and it's just funny now, like, Oh, Hey, I got a D and then seven, eight years later, I'm teaching math. And it's like, that is funny. It's like, and I think I got like a C I think got C's and D's all sixth grade in math. And it's like, it just, the environment wasn't right. Didn't get along with the teacher. I probably wasn't being a great student for whatever reason in that class because, you know, oh, this is a bad teacher. But like, the excuses don't care, right? No one cares about the excuses. Like, everyone else is doing fine. Why are you not doing fine? But it's just funny how like years later, uh, I'm the one teaching math. And like, there was a teacher that I didn't have at Nick had, and he said he became a math teacher because he wasn't good at it. And he's like, that way I when I go that. when I go and to work. I'm enjoying what I'm doing because I'm learning every day. I was never good at math. So why not become a math teacher? Because then I enjoy what I'm doing. If you're just doing and talking about history and you know so much about history and you're great at it, like, is that fun? You know, 
It's like, yeah, oh, let me, be, let me yeah. find, let me, well, it could be exactly, but yeah, let me find, I, I mean, you gotta do what you're passionate about. I'm not right. good at, I'm not good at fucking hockey. I'm not going to go play hockey. <laughs> but at the same time with the right mindset, it'd be fun to go play every day because you're going to get better every day. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, you're of not, course. like, say for example, if you went and go played, you went and go played with uh shout out CCNY, like you'd be bored after a while. You went and go played. <laughs> If yeah, I, I win, yeah 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 you know, no it's, like, it's a comfort it's a comfortability but it's also like i think he would have to like he'd have to enjoy math even if he wasn't yes. great at it to, sure, to sure, sure. want to do that because he's learning something he enjoys and gets better at it for sure and obviously if you're at that point you obviously know man i don't enjoy field hockey no offense i just never have yeah. i'm not going to i'm not going to just go do it because it pushes me out of my comfort zone there's yeah. a level here yeah, shout out Tony if you're listening. <laughs> enough, enough. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to cut this off. So keep plugging and passing. I think we got to get back on that train. Yeah, we, we, um, we've had some, some busy weeks. We're trying to get back into it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's do that again. Let's, let's run this, this last <clears throat> part again. Okay. You can start whenever. Yeah, so back to plugging and passing. I don't think we've we've preached that enough. I think that's our it's our fault. You know, no one cares about our excuses. We just haven't preached. Yeah, it there's enough. no excuses. We and we haven't come out with enough content and quality with enough content guests. and enough guests. Yeah, so there's no excuses, and you know we'll be we'll be better and we'll be come back. back stronger. We'll come back strong stronger and. You know, when we come back stronger, we'd appreciate if you guys plugged it and passed it like never before. Right. It's a, it's a big and quite, year. And quite and frankly, you know, we don't care about your excuses either why you haven't been plugging and passing it. I mean, I really could care less. Yeah. Like, this is your job. What are you embarrassed to, to plug us on social media? What? What's wrong? Yeah. Cause imagine if you went and got and played. And how are we speaking this over here? I mean, we're trying. We try. We're trying we to try. speak two I languages a day. It hurts the brain. It does hey, hurt the brain. No one cares about the excuses, Dylan. Fair enough. Learn German. Fair enough. My first coach here would always tell me. He told me every single training, learn German every day, every single day. Mm. And he wouldn't speak to me okay. in English. <laughs> wow. But hey, he had a point. It helped. It, it helped. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It helped a lot. So, yeah, there you go. Walking advertisement. No one cares about your excuses. 100% commitment. Don't be that guy who doesn't go the full 100 because it's a safety net if you don't fail. Don't be that guy. I think don't be that girl. I think that's the name of the game. Don't be that guy. All right. I like that title. Yeah. But the first the first part doesn't I mean you want to be that guy. You're walking advertisement. Don't yeah, no, don't guy. don't be the guy that says, "Oh, I could have done better if I tried." Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Thank be you. the guy that that's 100% in it, fails, tries again. For sure. All right, so until next time. That's it time, from me. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. And make your own path. Nice little dramatic pause there. Dramatic. Our work is sponsored by ourselves. Also, Kung Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast. Twitter is at footwork podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out footwork podcast. Search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, 
plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke.